Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Mark Rogers. Coach Rogers is a graduate assistant at Long Beach State. We talked to him today about his experiences as he gives insight for aspiring college coaches. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. How's everything going? Good, good, good. Coach Rogers, I I appreciate your time coming in. Uh, you being a graduate assistant at Long Beach State and all, I'm glad we're able to we're able to kind of get your perspective on the on the coaching profession, and seeing as you were a former player and all that, I also want to kind of get your your input and your insight on that as far as that process going from player to coach. But just like we do every with every guest, we start off with the uh, the, the age old question of how are you introduced to the game. I was, I was introduced to the game probably around the age of three or four, I want to say. Okay. You know, just kind of playing outside with my older cousins. I got some older siblings, something like that. So I didn't really have any older siblings, but I had a lot of older cousins kind of teaching me the way. My dad played football at UNC, and my uncles all played football. Okay. Um, pretty high-level football players, and I was only basketball player. So I was kind of uh, happy to like play it. It wasn't really the typical route for a guy in my family, but it worked out clearly, so... Back yeah, yeah, football, man. I always here again. I, I I probably said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, football players who play basketball, man, it's 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 a, it's a tough deal, man. Those guys are tough. They don't mess around. Yeah, no, they they uh they play the game a little different than we do. <laughs> Definitely. So coming out, you know, living coming from Los Angeles and all that. What was your experience like as a high school player, and then also at the college level? What what was that like for you? Right. Uh, you know, California, in my mind, is the best state as far as basketball goes right now. I think we have a lot of talent. Obviously, we have a little bit of that matter, considering yeah. how big our state is, considering SoCal and NorCal and the mix in between with, like, the Fresnos and the Bakersfields and the halfway points. But, um, no, I mean, competition was always good. I grew up with a bunch of guys right now who are currently still playing basketball professionally. Got some guys who obviously didn't pan out the way they wanted, but uh, the competition level was amazing and uh that's something that i think a lot of kids don't really realize coming from california um how lucky they are to be in a situation where you have to be good uh, yeah. if not you're getting you know it'll kind of show you know yeah. i think a lot of kids are starting to really realize that the environment that they grew up in is one of the best places to grow up in as far as for basketball so it's an honor kind of be another player from california if you ask me yeah definitely so when you Coming out of high school, going to Central Washington, what was that transition like for you? Right. Um, it was tough. You know, I, it was tough I and mean, multiple reasons. You know, there's a lot of people who went through what I went through. I had a lot of business schools and certainly at some point when I was in high school. You know, some high-level schools, mid-major schools, low-major schools, and ended up things kind of rolled a certain way due to certain situations, and I ended up going to Division two Central Washington. So I think the hardest part at first is just accepting that and making yeah. that decision versus going to a junior college or going to a prep school. You know how that works. Yeah. And 
just kind of accepting that was the hardest thing. And then when you add in the fact that I had to get used to living with however many miles away, Seattle or Ellensburg, Washington, Los Angeles, and you know, the weather aspect with the snow and things. So it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't easy, but um, I had a good staff. I had an amazing staff, I would say, as far as making me feel comfortable and kind of welcoming me. I was the first freshman of the program in probably about 12 years, I think. So wow. they weren't even really used to having a 17-year-old kid on campus. So I think they were getting <laughs> They were getting used to it. So yeah. well, um, it was cool. You know, it wasn't bad. It could have been worse. It could have been better. But uh, I definitely don't look back on it as a negative thing. I definitely am proud of it. And I'm very happy that they, were, that they had me for so long. Yeah, fantastic. Now, so kind of uh, looking at your career there, you were you were you played there for five, right? Correct. Now, yeah. So yeah. I, I played four, Richard one. Yep. Right. Got you. So, was there a reason, injuries, anything like that, that came in that maybe uh, set you back at any point that maybe might have discouraged right. you? Yeah, I mean, you know, my story is kind of. Uh, kind of tricky, you know, people kind of know I tore my ACL when I was, uh, I think it was my going into my gender, my ACL, my meniscus, and then okay. my senior year, about five or six games in, I tore my label in my hip, and wow. I had that day in my walk, I kind of had two long injuries when I was there, my senior year, I only got to play about six games, and my junior year, obviously, I registered because of my knee, so I definitely had some injury played there, which is kind of why I ended up switching around going from a player to a coach just because of the injury thing. So it was definitely an adjustment there, but, you know, life, everybody's going different. Uh, can't be mad at going. Got you, got you. No. So that kind of teaches you some different things about yourself. You, you got to get to know who you are away from the game. So knowing that, kind of like getting to know yourself better away from basketball, uh, what influenced you to go into coaching, uh, you know, at, at this point in your life? What, what really was like? Yeah, you know, I was just going through a phase where, you know, everybody, well, not everybody, some people are blessed and I have to deal with it, but eventually it happens to anybody where you have that, that phase, that time there where you don't know what life after basketball is. Yeah. Nine years old, eight years old, ten years old, it's gone with go. And it becomes a little bit stressful when you realize, like, okay, now I have to find something else that I like to do for a living. You know, yeah. basketball, well, even if you're in college, basketball is making you a living, you know, living in the dorm, that's basically your rent. You get your food paid in the cafeteria, that's basically your grocery money. So it's go. the way you live and the way you eat. So the way you kind of survive is off that basketball. So I think the biggest thing that convinced me to go into the coaching world was just the fact that I wasn't really ready to give up on basketball. You know what I'm saying? A lot yeah. of people think just because you can't dribble it anymore means that you can't have an effect on basketball anymore. And that's not true at all. And I realized that fast. There was a lot of older guys when I was younger that didn't play anymore. You know, a lot of guys look up to former NBA players and stuff like that. But a lot of the guys that I looked up to when I was younger were just old coaches of mine and things like that. And when I was in high school, I kind of had a thing where people kind of thought I went to a bunch of high schools. I went to three different high schools at 50 points in my high school career. And I think the thing that I took from that was all three of my coaches that I had in high school were really good coaches. And I, I respect them. I still talk to them every day with two of the three. One of them, Coach Hurt, from Fair High School, passed away about two years ago. But he was a, a really important person in my life as far as how my mental was for the game. So I think those guys really played a big part. Obviously, Coach Reggie Morris, Coach Jeff Pepperdine now, okay. Coach Middlebrook, he runs the dudes of the full squad. So those guys are people that I talk to to this day that kind of, um, they made me 
see a lot of basketball a different way than just playing it. So once I got done playing, it wasn't really a hard transition for me, and I was a point guard. So yeah, obviously you play point guard. You know, you study it, you see it a little bit different, similar to a quarterback in a way. So once I had to be able to put it on paper and not so much on the floor, the physical aspect, um, I didn't mind it. I like it. So I'm still learning it every day and trying to figure it out as fast as I can. But it's not rushed too so like you're talking about the relationships you had with those coaches and and uh you know kind of like what brings us through kind of the tough times in life are the relationships that we have with people our support system and all that right and what can help us I guess propel us maybe to what we're actually wanting to do in life yet we don't know it yet or our calling or however you want to look at it was those relationships so how important would you say now, you know, moving forward, looking at the future for yourself in, in the coaching profession and, and kind of wanting to, to dive into that, how important is building relationships uh, to you right now? Right. No, relationships are everything, whether it's networking with someone as far as the business aspect, whether it's, you know, a personal relationship with a family member or a friend, and especially with coaching, you know, I was, like I said, I had three coaches, three or four coaches in my life that I really look up to and guys like that. There's a couple that, you know, I had a lot of bad experience with. They both can do a lot too. You know, a good experience with the coach can make you feel so much better and a bad experience can make a lot of guys quit and hate the game, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely see the importance in that. And like I tell all my guys, well, I'm not going to say my guys because they're not mine, but a lot of our guys are lucky to say now I have, I have a personal relationship with pretty much every guy on the team for a clear night. Last season for our guys as a DA was pretty emotional for me, and I don't even play anymore just because I, I make sure that that those guys know, even though I'm young, they can call me, you know, if you get a ride or anything like that, if you want to talk basketball or anything like that. I, everybody needs somebody to talk to. We got to get yeah. to Florida and stuff like that. 5,000, 10,000, however many miles away from home. Everybody needs somebody. So yeah. I definitely understand the importance of it. I went to a school where it was 60 degrees out for about 25 years. Wow. And, you know, it snows to my knees. And, I'm so confused because I'm probably even seeing rain maybe three times out of the year. <laughs> and I was lucky to have an assistant coach, my former associate head coach, Drew Harris, who recruited me, who kind of always made sure to never lose touch with me on those days. Most days, you want to go home and things like that. And he always made it comfortable for me my freshman year. So then once the time he came, my sophomore chance came, you know, it was much easier than I was more prepared for it. So I understand how important it is, and I take it seriously. You know, I try to even keep a good relationship with the staff that's headed me, my head coach, my assistant coach. So, guys, I try to have a good relationship with them and learn from them because um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity that they've given me. So, yeah, I definitely want to keep leveling myself up. And all the way by doing that is keep building those relationships. So. so, you talk about being grateful for the situation, for the opportunity, right, to be in that situation. Uh, what? How do you feel like in your current role right now as as a graduate assistant? How do you feel that's going to prepare you for your future in coaching? Like, how do you see that? Oh, oh I, I mean, it was, I love it. And I, I know I've talked to a lot of other GAs in the same position as I am, and we all kind of have the same struggles, the same battles. You know, you're like you're an intern in a way. So you're, you know, whether it's filing paperwork, carrying jerseys, whether it's rebounding for a guy. Whether it's anything, size the limit for what you can potentially have to do for a grad assistant out there. So you working your way up, and when you're a player, you're used to having everything catered for you. You know, when I was yeah. playing college, I wasn't really thinking about 
who was watching our shots and who was making sure that we had our places our taken care of before we leave. And I wasn't really worried about those things. And then once you kind of are the one doing it, you kind of get back and get grateful and think about it. Like I, I remember when I started to get in Long Beach, I uh, texted our former manager from my college, and I just wanted to think, because I, I didn't really realize how much stuff that he was getting put on his plate on top of being a student himself. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, uh, I'm more than grateful. I'm happy for him. I'm learning every day. I'm watching film more than I usually would have if I was even playing because I'm cutting it, I'm breaking it down. I'm just, you know, just a learner. You learn so much, and because you put so much on your plate, you get to pick up on a lot of different things that you normally wouldn't have if you weren't in that position. So I couldn't have asked for a better situation if you asked me. So you talk about kind of that that idea of having gratitude for the situation that you're in. How how I mean, how does that work? Like, do you show up every day, kind of with not a I guess the opposite of a chip on your shoulder, not something to prove, but this, this understanding of like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm going to relish it and I'm going to work as hard as I can. Does that kind of go through your mind when you're, you're at practices and you're having to do some things that maybe you feel like, man, I can't wait till I don't have to do this anymore. Does that stuff go through your mind? Right. I mean, there's definitely some stuff where, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait for these days. You know, we can be doing more sometimes. I'm kind of seeing how stressed out our coaches can be. You know, they have kids, wives, and they're out on the road however many days, 15, 14 days straight. Yeah. You know, I get stressed out when I can't even get back to my dogs. You know, <laughs> I can only imagine how stressed they are when they have children yeah. and wives and all type of things going on at the, at the house that they can't really get to because they're going. So, I definitely am grateful. I mean, I show up every day with the same mindset as that. I, I, tell my, I think I was telling all of them that going to be a GA person next year. The thing you can do is just learn and be on time. And yeah. whatever else comes, comes. But if you show up on time, take it really early. It's really early because we have to be there early. Yeah. And if you learn and you make sure that you're learning, you'll have a good experience because no matter how hard you're working, if you're focused on the learning part, the working hard part is that move. You know, I'm a former athlete, so Winning and all that, that stuff is hard. You know, you know, going through injuries, rehabbing and stuff like that, life and death type things, family issues, that's hard. But, you know, putting the jersey together, you know what I'm saying, filing film with folders and film, sending some copies of transcripts and things like that. Whatever the job is, that's not that hard. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of the time, consumption, however long it takes, it's not that hard. So I just tell are the GA that's going to be a new guy this year. And I kind of tell myself every day, try to learn, control my time, control the things I can control, and yeah. just figure it out from there. That's smart. Control the things that you can control. I mean, you have that mindset uh, that gets you a long way in life, period. Uh, so you being a grad assisted, there's a lot of accountability, you know, that you have to, like, you, you got to be accountable for the different, you know, duties and jobs that you have. How important do you think it is program wide? Wide, sorry, program wide, <laughs> to have accountability from the top to the bottom. How do you see that in a program? Right, no, accountability is everything, and you know, I think uh, our coach, our head coach, Coach Munson, is a stickler of accountability. You know, he makes he does his job as well as our assistants make sure they do their job, as well as our operations guy make sure he does his job. You know. Our, from our managers, our players, everybody has a job. And right. if there's one thing you can do every day, you can do your job. So I think the accountability part goes a long way, you know, whether it's 
having some homework done on time for a player, whether that's having the budget turned down on time for our odd guy, whether that's our coaches getting a recruiting calendar done on time. You know, everybody has a job. And they're really, 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 really adamant on everybody doing their job. So I think yeah. they preach it and they practice it, so it's not that hard to translate. And I think it showed a little bit last season, but we're really seeing it this summer with our guys. And, um, I'm very proud of him and everybody that's been around the team this summer because you can see all the words that he's been giving to us for what I've heard since I've been around for the last about the summer. So um I'm starting to see it translating, see it in the guys and it's, um, it's a really good thing to see. That's fantastic. I mean you, you get buy in, you get everybody kind of on the same page and then your program is really, really up and running. Uh not regardless of wins and losses, because that still kind of needs to be, you know, uh, had. But you definitely feel like we're we're making progress daily. We're making progress year to year. That's that, I imagine that's a great feeling to be a part of that. So, right, and, yeah, and I, I played in a situation as a player where we were winning a lot of games early on, and you can kind of smell the culture kind of being bad, you know what I'm saying, where yeah. we're winning and it seems good, but you can still, it's somewhat like tainted, if that makes sense, and then no, it does. I've been in a situation where I've been on losing teams where we're not winning as much, but I can see the improvement every day in practice, I can see the freshmen and the sophomores getting better and kind of passing up the older guys, I can see the coaching staff really locking in every day and making us better, and you know, with losses, obviously it made the game, and that's what cuts everybody's check, and that's what keeps people's mouth saved, but yeah. Anybody who really knows basketball knows how hard it is to win a game. And it's 50 50. It's a coin toss every game. But like you said, control what you can control. And if the culture is getting better and guys are improving mentally, physically, and emotionally, then everything else will usually take care of itself. Yeah, great point. Great point. Uh, so since you've joined this program in particular, and kind of here again, going down the line of all your responsibilities and, and how you're learning from your coaching staff. Uh, you think about yourself and kind of reflecting on what you're learning. What What are those things that you're taking away right now that you're saying, I know myself better, I'm more self-aware. In what situations are, are you are you learning more about yourself? I think, if anything, I think I look back at myself as a player more often now than anything else. You know, when I see our point guards do some things that I would have done uh-huh. when I was in college that can kind of tick me off now that I'm a coach. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of want to kind of harass them a little bit and kind of get on them a little tougher than they probably feel like yeah. But then I think back to my college, I was probably doing the same thing, and I didn't want to hear that either. Yeah. But if I would have listened or take it this way and not so much take it as a shot to me personally and more of a learning yeah. lecture, you know what I'm saying? If I, I look at my player self, even if it comes to the classroom, now that I'm in grad school, I'm doing much better as a grad student than I was as an undergrad. And, and it shouldn't be that way because I promise you, grad school is much harder than undergrad classes are. But yeah. at the same time, I'm just a different type of focus, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I look back yeah. at my former self as a player, like I could have just locked in a little bit more. Or when I think about how much I used to complain about being sore and how much I used to, I, I, I worked out pretty hard when I was in college, but I think about it now and it's like, you can always look back at yourself and I could have done more, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I try to preach that to our guys now and they know I'm young, I'm 24, so I'm only two years ago from playing and uh, 
the guys on our team, they understand where I'm coming from because I'm not too far from where they just were. So yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a gift and a curse, you know what I'm saying? They they really respect it because it's not like I'm 80, 90, 100 years old kind of, you know, creature to them. It sometimes can go in deaf ears, as well as sometimes being young is the downfall. You know, sometimes they older younger guys don't really respect guys that are you know, near their age. But in my case, most of them, at least I feel like most of them, can kind of understand where I'm coming from because I just left the same team they were in. So, yeah. Um, I definitely, definitely, definitely agree with you on that point, and I definitely see the benefit of both, if that makes sense. Gotcha. No, and, and that's kind of having a, a the right uh, perspective in that. I see, you know, having the courage to speak up when you feel like you may not be respected in situations is is always tough because you're thinking, I really need to say this, but I don't know how they're going to react, respond, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. so so getting definitely, you, and it's like when you're when, when I'm down you know, it's like one of the things when you're an assistant is you're making suggestions. Yeah. And as far as when you're a head coach, you're making decisions. And when you're a good assistant, your decision, your my me making a suggestion is a decision that I contemplate all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't sometimes I don't want to speak up because it's not my place. You know, what do I really know? My coach is past as and all these guys play professional overseas, you know, what do I really know? Yeah. But at the same time, they didn't bring me here to not bring anything to the table. So I yeah. also have to be able to find a fine line with that. So that definitely goes a long way. That's a great that's that's a great point that you just made because I know uh Tons of coaches who are always allowing their staff to grow. And and also, I mean, obviously you're going to learn because you're there. That's what you're there for. But also the input, the uh, sometimes the autonomy to do certain things the way you like to do it. Uh, so that's really important, and I'm glad you said that. I mean, these are, these are, these are things that I think other GAs, uh, managers, you know, coordinators, video coordinators, anybody else – that's on part of a staff can kind of look at and see the correlations and the similarities and say, yeah, no, I, I know that feeling. I, I understand completely. So that's great. Now. So you're grad school. And so you got through your undergraduate. What did you have to sacrifice to, you know, here again to play at the college level? And then now, because I don't imagine a guy who gets through, through college, gets their degree, then, you know, goes to graduate school and has to go through that and then have all the duties, is out there, you know, living it up and taking advantage of every extra moment to just, you know, go wild. So what, what is it that you sacrifice as far as time and, and all that stuff to, to do what you do? Yeah, just, you know, you have to choose if you want to, how can I say it? I was trying to explain it to my mom the other day. It's actually because it's one of those things where when you become a grad assistant, you basically uh, you don't want to anymore, especially when you're getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? You're not like the 20-year-old on the team. You're like the 30- to 40- to 50-year-old coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, they don't get to go out during the season too often. They don't get to act how they want. They have a, a job. And yeah. it, it becomes a job. So once you – basically when I say that – I'm sacrificing my 20s in a way because, you know, a lot of people right now that are around my age, you know, they work there Monday through Friday or whatever case, and then the weekend they kind of live it up. But in yeah. our case, we're probably on the road on Saturday. We at least have a game on Saturday, guaranteed. So that eliminates Saturday. Fridays, obviously, are the night before game, so we're locked in. 
Sundays are our only day off for the most part during the week. You know what I'm saying? So those are the days where I'm catching up on homework, getting trying to get some rest. You know what I'm saying? Guys are you want to get shots up on Sundays, so usually I'm going to do them. So I would say you give up a lot of your free time and a lot of your social life, but my whole life has been social through basketball. 90% of my friends are um, friends with through basketball. 90% of the fun and places that I've been to on this earth as far as traveling goes has been because of basketball. So I, it doesn't bother me to be selling, to sell myself to basketball yeah. for another however long I, I plan on doing this because I've been doing it my whole life. So it doesn't really bother me as much, but I can see how some people end up choosing another route because it's just too much for them to handle. You know what I'm saying? You have yeah. to really choose basketball to be your life. It's, it's not for everybody. For me, it is. And I, I made that decision years ago and I'm sticking to it. And it's not hard for me, but I can see how it, it can bother someone if that makes sense. That's great, man. Like, here again, these points of emphasis of, like, giving yourself to the game and kind of getting the, the right idea of, man, I've been doing this for so long. It doesn't feel like a sacrifice. It feels like it was just a natural flow from from one part of one aspect of basketball to the next. And I think that's what a lot of young young people who want to stay involved in the game uh, really need to grow to learn is like there's there's a there's a big menu of what you can do in this game. There's so much you can give yourself to, and it doesn't have to be dribbling the ball anymore. Don't give up on the game that you love so much. If you love it that much, stick with it. There's a, there's a, there's a place for you somewhere in the game, but here again you gotta be willing to sacrifice, like you said, Saturdays and Fridays and all that. That's usually the days people kind of cut up. Which you, maybe you're saving yourself from something that maybe you shouldn't be a part of either. Too. I mean, those I, I kind of think of things like that as well. Like for young people, like maybe you don't need to be going out with everybody on a Saturday. Maybe you don't need to be going out with everybody on a Friday night, and just kind of like it keeps you out of it keeps you out of situations. Maybe that aren't the best for you either, but I think when you say yeah, that... So, yeah, being 20, yeah, being 20 is tough, you know? You see my friends kind of going places, and even from a way, you know, I said the time that I spend cutting things, whatever we're doing, yeah, whatever we're doing is time that I could be working a regular job, you know what I'm saying, just paid or whatever type of salary or whatever, what's my degree and making more money right now than when I will if I was just working a regular job, but at the same time, it's obviously not about the money. Once you choose to be a grad assistant, you pretty much are chosen. It's not about the money for you right now. Yeah. When you're looking at the marathon, not exactly the sprint. So, gotcha. you know, I'm in it, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. You know? Yeah, and there's all types of sacrifices. I mean, some guys, some guys, you know, getting a grad assistant far away from home. You know, everybody sacrifices the same type of stuff. They sacrifice in college as a player that they do as a grad assistant. So, guys, I mean, my biggest thing is that it's just a lot of time and effort. But like I said, I've only ever put my time and effort into basketball my entire life, so it's nothing new to me. Got you. So kind of here again, coming to the end, man, when I think about, uh, you know, you're kind of at the at the beginning, the starting line of this journey and kind of looking forward and saying, you know, thinking in your mind, because I think we all – we all think about legacy, and if we don't, we probably should because then it kind of helps to pave a way of how we want to structure our impact and our uh, just overall influence on the people that we work with, for, and we serve in the game. What do you think, you know, down the line, when you're, when you're, when you're actually on that floor, hooping and hollering, your ties flying all over the place, 
And then the day you, you put that to the side and you say, you know what, my, my career was fulfilling. What, what would you want to happen or your legacy to be within that career? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, when I, when this all hits the top and it's hitting me in my career, I want to be on a national scale, obviously. You know, you don't shoot the ball, you don't coach, you don't play basketball to be small scale, low major, juco, high school, whatever the case is. Everybody's biggest goal is to reach the highest point. If it's not, you're not really shooting yourself yeah. straight. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, the easiest thing for me to say in that regard is, I want everybody to know. I don't care if it's locally, nationally, regionally, however, even if it's just the people that know me personally. As long as they know that I did everything in my power to make basketball better, yeah, that's all I really care about. I just yeah. basketball better. I mean, that from a high school standpoint, whether it's the AAU situation, you know, college basketball right now, we're dealing with, I mean, there's a lot of nonsense going on with the mix of AAU and NCAA and things like that. Whether it's high school kids transferring high schools a bunch of times, you know, I, I transferred to three different high schools at a point in my career, so I know how stressful that is. From an AAU standpoint, I was only with one program, so, and it was probably, it's probably one of the best AAU programs in America, so. I understand what being a part of a good program is and a bad program. I've dealt with injuries. I've lost really close family members of mine in the middle of seasons. I've, you know, I've been through a and I'm only 24, obviously, so I'm young. But as I keep getting older, I'll keep going through more. But I just want people to leave whatever it is that they're recognizing me at and just understand that he tried to make basketball better. And if they can say that and then I did my job and you know what I'm saying I kind of do a thing right now where I'm training guys and typing guys college guys overseas guys pros guys I'm going open gyms every week and you know I'm coaching the Drew League I'm going to AU games I'm kind of just all over in basketball right now but I'm in a city where basketball is at an all-time high which is great but it's also becoming a bit watered down in a way when I say watered down I don't mean like there's a lot of guys who see a kid post a video of him working out or post pictures of himself, and they're like, oh, like, you know, older guys are kind of like, oh, that's not the way to do it, you know what I'm saying? And I don't really care about that personally. I mean, social media is there for a reason. Yeah. You, you should, you should, in my eyes, you should use it. That's just my personal opinion. If, it, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Gotcha. But when I say make the culture better, when I say, okay, you can record these workouts, but what did you do when we were here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you are going 110 for two hours, I don't care if there's a camera here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you, yeah, if yeah. you want to post pictures after you just work out six times and then however many times you did it, that's fine. You put in your work. So it's what's getting done. All the other stuff that people kind of have a negative opinion on, I don't really pay much mind to it because it's 2019 and everybody has to adjust and adapt and evolve. So yeah. that's where I'm at with that. And so when I have these open gyms and things like that, I... I mean, I grew up in a situation when I was in high school where guys were recording really workouts, guys were recording their open gyms, you know, things like that. So I understand when I hear people's opinion on that. But at the same time, the same way that they had to adjust to things when they were 20, 18, 19 years old is the same way that they need to adjust to how these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids are doing now. And, you know, I'm kind of young. I'm right in between both, and I hear both sides all the time. So. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely understand both sides, but I'm, um, you know, I'm trying to find a fine line between what's right and what's wrong, and I'm starting to find out that there is really no specific right and wrong. It's more about what you make it, and if 
Yeah. If you're doing it pure and you feel like you're doing it pure and you're doing it the right way, then people are going to say what they have to say. But you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it, it's inevitable. People are always going to have something to say. So yeah, I definitely am in the mix of that right now. So like social media, I, I kind of touch on that a lot of times with my players. And I know coaches do a great job now of kind of meeting players where they're at. And like you're saying, you know, there's no right or no wrong as long as you're doing something positive with it, in my opinion. And uh, instead of letting social media use you and mess you up in the head and all that, I think there's there's great uses for it. And here again, Coach, I'm so glad to get your, your perspective on these things because you're a young guy and, and, uh, and I'm not. So I'm learning. I'm learning myself when I hear your perspective on different things, and uh, and I think our listeners will as well. And uh, so here again, man. I know we tried to connect, but you were there at the Drew League, and I got you know back and forth. But I'm glad we finally connected, man, because I feel like uh, this is something you know this perspective you have is really interesting, and I think it'll help some younger guys that even current current players when they're trying to make a decision. What do I want to do with this game afterwards? They can kind of get get your uh, insight and kind of help kind of navigate through that decision-making process. So here again, Coach, I appreciate your time. I thank you for your input and, and your and your perspective. And uh, and hopefully down the line, I'll be keeping up with your career and, and see a lot of success for you. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for having me. And um, I really like what you have going with the podcast. You know, I think um, – I kind of listened to a couple, obviously. I listened to Phil Beckner probably about two times now. Yeah. Considering that I know who he works with and what his um, knowledge is of the game and things like that. And I think, um, like we talked about, using social media the right way, I think you're creating a great platform for people. And um, whenever we have the chance to create or connect again, I'm definitely all for it. But um, thanks for having me, and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.